Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, brought to you by Iron Solutions, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC sits down with Aaron Fintel and Regina Narges from 21st Century Equipment. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each new episode is released. Let's listen in as Casey, Aaron, and Regina discuss using videos to showcase used equipment and adding more of a personal touch online. They also get into where they see the market heading as we head into planting season. It's been a little bit since we've done this, but I got the band back together. Yeah, Aaron Finnell and Regina Nardis on here with me, so it's uh, good to have you guys back on. You bet. Oh, yeah. Good times. So what is new and exciting in the world of Regina Nardis? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question, Casey. <laughs> um, I don't know. We got a lot of stuff going on. Winter is maybe kind of nearing the end, although I hear there's more chances of winter rearing its ugly head again here next week. Keep them busy with work and things on the farm and calves, and we're getting ready to brand. So that's a big topic here in the near future and all the same things that we always do. Talk about that. So we had the blizzard come through here and you know where you were at specifically didn't get a ton of snow, but yeah, you know, there's been a lot of cattle loss across Nebraska, whether it's the flooding out east there or the uh, the other the other part of Nebraska that people forget about, the western part. There was a giant blizzard that came through here and there's a lot of cattle loss out there. So since you are in the cattle industry, what have you heard yeah. about that and kind of where's that how's that playing out? There's a lot of different stories out there. Right now, I think there's a lot of people that have shared maybe on social media that million dollar number of cattle, which is completely not true um, because they're still counting losses. There's still producers trying to you know, figure out where they're at with their herds. You know, So it's really just a lot of unknown as to what everybody has gone through. But gosh, those stories that I hear from local producers are just heart-wrenching. Yeah. You know, you hear the stories of the guys in the floods that have literally watched their cattle wash away. They tried all they could, but the water just came up so fast they had no choice, you know, or they didn't have any options to get them out. Or even I've heard of some producers here in western Nebraska with the, with the blizzards and stuff, they built up bunkers with hay and, you know, some of that came down and crushed some cattle. So mother nature can really just not be very nice sometimes. You know, you try and prepare for the best that you can. And, you know, sometimes luck is on your side and just sometimes it isn't. You know, here on our operation, we didn't get near as much snow as what they were calling for. We probably had eight inches or so. And we were very fortunate to not have any death loss because of that. We were very lucky. And, you know, it was a lot of days of preparation for the storm. And um, we, you know, our, I guess our preparations paid off and we were lucky to, to not have any loss during that time. But yeah. it was definitely a wild few days. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a, the amount of, especially up north of, of Scotts Bluff up here, where, up here where I'm at, there is a, uh, you know, the further north you went, the more snow you got. And here in Scotts Bluff, I bet we got, I don't know, 18 inches of snow. And I, I know mm-hmm. they got probably six more or eight more inches of snow the further north you went. And some of those roads had 12 and 15 foot snow drifts across them. And they had yeah. to get dozers out there to just cut roads to get out and some of that stuff. So on that, and Aaron would have been in that in that whole gigantic snowmageddon thing up there in the line. So 
how did your how did your sheep fare? I know they're hair sheep and not wool sheep, so I'm sure they got cold. But without having a wool, wool sweater on, but how how'd that work out? And what'd you see up there for that? They they actually don't they don't get any colder than wool sheep. So. Oh, okay, I didn't. I just their hair is pretty thick, okay. so it goes well. I got gotcha. you. Uh, we you know knowing it was coming, kind of like Gina's operation. We did a lot of preparations for it and did the best we could and crossed our fingers. And I was, when that was going down, just sitting here in the house thinking, well, I was going to be happy if it was 25% or less loss in the herd. And by the time it was all said and done and everything melted away, because that night I got, well, I mean, once everything melted away, we lost two ewes and I think six lambs. But it was all time was all said and done. And with sheep, hell that could be an eighty degree day. So we were we were pretty pretty blessed as far as that goes. The day after and and we also one thing that helped is we uh the farm's eleven miles from the house and we went over there when we were the only person on the road to do I went and fed them they each get a pound a head a day of corn and I stretched that as long as I could that we could get there and back. So they were full of energy for the ass kicking that we got. And that made a big difference. So that helped a lot. The next day I got our place all cleaned up the home place with the skid loader and trying to get a half a mile to the paved County road. I got my pickup stuck. I got our skid loader stuck and the neighbor got his 8,300 with a dozer stuck. And the county, they were, they always opened the paved road, paved county roads first. They opened our road, which is six miles of paved road till we get to the highway on the edge of town. They got that all opened up and saw our small dealership stuck in a snowdrift. <laughs> and they came through with three road graders to pull that 8300 out. And we had, before he got that stuck, he had actually got my pickup unstuck but I still couldn't get through. So I'm over there jumping up and down, waving my arms because they had, they had all three of them graders were going to leave because it was six 30 at night. They, one guy turned around and lowered his plow and on his fifth bust through the drift, he got through and I hauled ass to the farm and moved snow out of the, well, the driveway was blown shut first of all. So walk over snow drifts and all that jazz and, I got out of there about midnight and rescued the uh, rescued the last the last group of ewes at about eleven thirty and all was all was good. Yeah, I didn't have anything like that happen in my house. <laughs> I just watched it snow. Right. I had a snowblower and got after it. That's about it. So <clears throat> good times. My my dog was inside. You know, so. I did find out why Tyson is always reluctant to let me or teach me exactly how to use the skid steer fully. Uh-huh. That way then I get the chance to use the scoop shovel and scoop up bumps <laughs> while yeah. he gets to sit in the skid steer, you know, with the cab and heat and mm-hmm. scoop off aprons and clear paths. So Yeah. <laughs> Brandy comments on that all the time too when she's out there and the snow's flying and it's below zero and I'm in the skiller going, damn it, it's hot in here. I got to turn the heat down. <laughs> I, 
did bring an extra pair of gloves, Lloyd. It is it is the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Now let's let's talk about what we normally talk about when we get on here. The equipment marketplace. Gina. Yeah. You're now a marketing executive and you're 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 big time now and in, in deep into marketing. What do you see happening out there uh, as far as uh as stuff on social media goes and, and what do you see some some different things happening out there as far as equipment goes um you know on the social media front i think i'm seeing a big push in different folks getting a lot of activity over videos you know i i see a lot of other dealers getting in front of the camera and putting somebody in front of a piece of equipment and talking about it there seems to be a lot of traction in that um and a lot of customers like to see um kind of the face behind who's behind their account so i've seen a lot i've seen a lot of dealers start doing that um you know we've started doing a little bit of it so i you know it just is kind of there's kind of a a push i should say to uh get people in front of the camera and really you know reach those folks more than just saying you know having a picture of something out there or having a description of a unit it seems like more and more people want to see that video so that it's really like they're right there you know looking at that machine with that person yeah yeah telling that story it makes such a big difference now especially with the amount of people buying stuff off the internet mm -hmm. you know the more you can have that 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 personal touch and personal feel to, to that piece of equipment more than just a picture and a brief description is does go a long long ways aaron you use social media a lot to to push equipment so talk about your success there and what you see happening well in in my case it's it can be real hit or miss it really can there are times i'm reluctant to put something on there because i don't in in my mind i don't think that maybe it's something that's going to spark a lot of interest and that piece might be the one that, you know, two hours later, it's sold. Then there's times I'll put, you know, a smoking deal out there, which everybody that follows me knows I like to use that term. I'll put a smoking deal out you. there, and I think, huh? Anybody that knows you. Well, yeah. Knows you think smoking deal. There you go. It's a smoking deal, folks. And uh, I, I'll i throw something out there, and, you know, it'll get like one like, and, and that's it. And nobody, no discussion. Of course. There are, you know, it's, it's very, I, it, what I've noticed is it's not even, it's not even a season thing or a certain time of, you know, the month buying cycles. It is, it might be a Tuesday is better than a Wednesday or a Wednesday is better than a Friday. You know, it just, yeah. it's the most up and down cyclical thing on, on, on planet earth, but it does it does work had pretty good success with it for me personally it is you know I, on, on twitter you have what is it 240 characters and to spin a yarn if you will about a tractor combine plant or whatever you gotta kind of be creative you know Plus the Aaron Fennelisms of check this out or wow, what a deal, you know, that kind of BS that you throw yeah. out there. So And there's a there's a lot of that. that and it's hard that. to be creative instead of here, please buy this. Yeah. <laughs> Howdy. I'd like for you to buy my combine. Retweet me if you'd like more information. Yeah. It's really shiny. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
Someday, someday I will throw out the dear God, somebody please buy this thing. <laughs> we, we are tired. We are tired of looking at this. Please, please buy it. Do it today. Let's see if you can see what happens. Speaking of which, okay, so now we're gonna we're moving into plant season, right? Yeah. And we've got all that greatness going on. It's wet everywhere, so people are delayed. There's field work to be done. There's, you know, just all kinds of stuff that they're just behind the eight ball in a lot of places. What have you seen happening, Aaron, as far as traffic goes? Do you have more people looking to? You have a lot of people reaching out to you, talking to you about. Maybe getting that new tractor, a new planner, or some tillage tools, or what? What is it? What do you see happening right now, and, and where do you see the, the market headed? Right now, there hasn't been a lot of that, um, and I think we are just last minute enough. I think we're too last minute right now, as far right. as planner, tractor, or planter. Um, mm-hmm. I do have guys talking on, you know, bigger horsepower for tillage. Um, that kind of thing, because you can you can get a tractor in, throw it on the vertical till or the disc or the high speed or what have you, and go. Whereas a planter tractor, you know, you got eight thousand harnesses and switches and monitors and all that. So that thing that thing gets pregnant in February and stays that way till June usually. Station, then. Yeah, yeah, it is. The planter, the planter market has been really hot. You know, I know there's been a lot of instances where something is, you know, a, a desirable planter is in inventory less than a day. So yeah. mm-hmm. that that is, and it's kind of been that way for everybody across the country. You know, as far as that goes, it's kind of been that way this year. So. We'll get back to Casey, Aaron, and Regina in a moment, but first, a quick word from the company who made this podcast possible. Iron Solutions has deep roots in the ag industry with products for producers, dealers, manufacturers, ag retailers, and service providers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com to see solutions that streamline your operation, improve productivity, reduce costs, and speed your growth. A quick break in the action to invite you to our annual Dealership Mind Summit. Check out this unique management event for farm equipment dealers only at www.dealershipmindssummit.com. It's a quick hit, two-day mastermind style summit that connects you to your peers of all colors. Come participate and learn from the very best minds in the ag machinery dealer world, all seeking solutions to your same challenges. www.dealershipmindssummit.com. Let's get back to the program now as Casey, Aaron, and Regina talk about the used combine market and in, in the growing inventory of 2012, 13, and 14 models. And Regina shares her tips on marketing used combines. The one thing we've been paying attention to, and it's really no different than any other year, uh, we, we look at combines and we look at, at large row crop tractors, and we really, that's, that's kind of the canary in the coal mine. It's going to tell you what's going on in the marketplace more than anything is. Um, Right now, when you look at combines, it feels like to me that that is far and away they they have grown in number. They they the number of pieces they have out on the internet has grown. You're seeing inventory start to increase, um, and a lot of it is that 2012, 13, 14 model stuff that that everybody knows what it's worth. 
it's no big surprise there but that that's a huge glut of machines that it's getting harder to find that buyer for those machines so you know the guy that wants to buy a 1500 separator hour combine you know that's the guy that's got you know he's trading up but how many he's trading up hours from a 2500 hour something or whatever it might be so what are you seeing happen with that aaron and and where do you see are you seeing some traction there or is that still something that that's a ways away from from really being solved do you think i think there there's a little bit of traction there we have a program going right now to it's a kind of a get get guys to roll out of 70s into that 12 13 14 s series uh, and it's just a broad stamp of if you have this hours it's this trade price you know done deal it's mm-hmm. that damn simple and that program has gotten some pretty good traction um yeah and those are typically as you said you know those those 12 13 14s that we have in that program are a thousand to 1600 separator hour machine the guys rolling out of that 70 into that are two to 2500 hour guys so right. or even i i would say most of the guys reaching out on that program are the probably 23 to 2800 separator hours on their yeah. 70 series so there's mm-hmm. you know that there's there's that to go off of the combine market across the country is soft to say the very least even exporting i export a lot of combines south and there's just it's it's tough you know where wherever yeah. wherever you're going with them it's it's pretty tough so yeah um yeah it, and it's going to be that way for a while yet until so we get that, that 450 corn in September, then it's going to be boom. Get there some. you go. Get some. <laughs> All right, Gina, so if, if I'm going to go out and and try to market some of these some of these combines, what's what's some what's some good avenues you think we should try on something like that? You know, I still think, um, of course, I'm a big digital marketing advocate. So I think any time that you can send a list, um, an email list to customers or to target people digitally, you know, via one of the online um, sales marketing uh, websites. I think that is, that's huge um, because that's where you're going to get a lot of traffic, you know, but if you can definitely gear up your sales guys to, uh, to push on their customers that they know and exhaust all those um, avenues, then I think you just got to keep working with some of those partners out there in the industry to uh, push your lists out and try and reach new people. Um, yeah. because, you know, as you know, we, we have, uh, you know, we have combines here and so does the dealer down the road, you know, so it's not like it's just a, you know, it's not like it's just us. Right. So you have to get creative to find those new markets or to convince some of those people to make that jump. Yeah. It's a, uh, you have to be super creative anymore too with mm-hmm. how you do it, you know, cause it's, there's a lot of, uh, same old, same old, you know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the same old tired thing you see over and over again. So the more creative you are, the the, the better you're going to be. So, yep. <clears throat> that's definitely uh, something we need as a, we need to work on that. We need to get better and, and always try to be on the, the cutting edge of everything that's out there. So, yeah. Okay. All right, Aaron, so real crop tractors, talk that about that for a minute. You know, obviously planters are a hot commodity. Anything used that's decent is going to sell pretty quick just because of the fact that we sold everything we had at auction in 2014. So there's not a whole lot of used ones floating around out there. 
but the row crop tractor side of the business they're starting to see a little traction there starting to see a little bit of movement that more than we've seen in the past so talk talk about that row crop tractor market what you see happening there well i think i think personally being in the thick of it every day that it's it's been pretty strong for quite a while now I think it was light for the first half of March and then kind of picked up again and, and guys thinking and talking and pulling the trigger on stuff. You know, the, the bigger half of the eight R's as far as size, you know, the 300 plus seem to be in general hotter than the smaller ones, but we have sold you know, a fair amount of the under 300s. It's kind of a, hey, I need this and I need it now kind of deal for whatever reason with the under 300 guys. It's been a, a quicker, more definitive, I'm looking for this, here it is, boom, done. Across the country, I think that, you know, it, in, in our specific area, the 345, 370 is still king. When you get outside of our area, say, Eastern Corn Belt, Central Corn Belt, there is, you know, more of a 295 to 320 presence than there is here. And yeah. I, I can't tell you why for sure, other than the fact that a lot of those guys that are in that, I'll even go say 270 to 320, those guys typically have a four-wheel drive that they're doing tillage with. So they don't need quite the horsepower that we do here. And it's just, you know, it, and there are times that, you know, there might be a two-week range where size doesn't matter and they're going to buy whatever. And then there's another three weeks where everything's got to be littler, everything's got to be bigger. So across the whole range, market the market's been good. Under 200 is a, is a big sweet spot, One, 150 to 200. That's, that's where a lot of triggers get pulled anymore so and then if you get you know then if you get then you kind of take a leap and the honestly the the 100 to 150 mark is a little slower and then the as always you know whether Mm -hmm. whether corn is 14 dollars or you have to pay the elevator to take it the uh like 75 to 100 is hot always hot yeah all right so foil drives in row crop applications, so we're talking three-point PTO on a you know 400 plus horsepower row crop or a articulated four-wheel drive tractor. Yeah, that seems we have more used interest in that particular model of machine than than we've had probably in the past. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million things that are coming into that. You know, one is obviously the size of grain carts has gotten bigger, and that that's got to be a a driving factor in that but also the versatility of that of that machine so you have a tillage machine you've got a grain cart tractor you've got a possible planing tractor if you can if you know if you don't you don't have something too small behind it but it's pretty versatile so talk about that a little bit and how you see that market shaping up yeah that's yeah that's that's been hot within our own area and across the whole country um and i think there's there's more than just the grain cart thing that contributes factor to that. Probably bigger than the grain cart. What I would call the number one thing is guys can pull twenty four zero planters with eight two ninety fives. You know they do it all over the country. But when you pull that twenty four zero planter eight nine mile an hour, 
and it has fertilizer on it. You have fertilizer on the tractor and all this stuff. Then it takes then it takes some ponies, and that that has been a big contributing factor to the increase in row crop. What I call row crop foil drives. That in and it doesn't matter if it's the, the Great Plains or the Corn Belt. There's been a big ramp up on those. On the other hand, I've also seen a big increase from the dry land wheat farmer planting three point PTO, and and that's really surprising. But they are, you know, they're understanding that you know times are tough, and if they have to punch out. I think we're a lot more than a standard pump bareback tractor. Yeah. So, what was that? Who's that guy that was in? What was that? Nine RX that they put those five hundred gallon tanks on each side of four, on the, all four corners of it down. Yeah. Yeah. Sterling. Sterling, that. Yep. yep. So yep. he's got what fifteen hundred gallon, two thousand gallons of fertilizer he can put through that on the rig as he pulling around the field. It's quite a bit. And like you said, that's. Uh, yep. <clears throat> pretty pretty heavy stuff i mean you're I'm, I'm gonna guess that it's close to eight pounds a gallon so or more so each one of those is 10 what's that 10 okay so you got water is eight fertilizer that's 10. what i was guessing it's gonna have some water in it so if you're at five thousand you know it's five thousand pounds on four corners you know it's, it's a lot mm-hmm. that's a lot so yeah. all right well the good thing is that's a strip killing rig so as they're doing that they're <laughs> They're getting rid of the compaction right behind them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, I, I take that back. With a 9RX, there is no compaction. Less compaction. <laughs> Less is, is the term there. Now, that that is one market that is the hottest and coldest that I have ever seen is RXs. There are times where... Man, everybody wants an RX. And if you can get a used RX somewhere quite a way south of four, you can sell a bunch of them. And then there's days where if you had one for 300, you can't give it away. It is pretty wild. And I think the biggest factor in that is the fact that they're still pretty new, you know. And the two-track guys are going to be two-track guys. They really don't have any interest in an RX. An RX is a guy who either has a quad track and goes rx or he's a wheel guy that has heard about quad tracks and wants to try the rx and that's kind of where the market comes yep. from i really thought i really thought that that was going to be one of those one of those deals that very much cannibalized the the uh two-track market but it didn't get anywhere close to it made it actually right. made it more valuable than anything Good times. All right, guys. Well, we've been going for a little bit. I feel like we've exhausted our our lack of planning here. So, um, <laughs> so what, uh, Aaron? If guys want to reach out to you and see about some crazy deals, you might have some some smoking deals you might have out there. How would you do that? Smoking deal. That? Well, if you want a smoking deal, um, at Aaron Fintel on Twitter or Call me, text me, whatever, 308-760-1193. And Miss Nargis, we want some marketing tips. How'd they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. Um, Twitter is R-R-J-A-N-O-U-S-E-K. Now check. <laughs> and um, on Instagram, Regina Nargis. So. All right, so until next time, I'm Casey Seymour.
I'm Aaron Fennell. I'm Regina Nargis. And we'll catch you on the flip-flop. Thanks, Casey, Aaron, and Regina. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all of our informational channels. If you got a question for Casey, I'd encourage you to head over to farm-equipment.com backslash asktheexpert and submit a question and we'll get Casey's answer to it on our Ask the Expert blog. Thanks once again to Iron Solutions for sponsoring this series. Iron Solutions provides dealers like you with an array of lifecycle management services that drive sales and profits. The Iron Search and Iron Guide suite of solutions is all about managing each dealership more efficiently and profitably, while Iron Search allows you to directly showcase your used equipment online to a wider universe of buyers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com today. And if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. You can also keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey, Aaron, and Regina, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.